I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and this is The Last Best Thing. It's an interview show centered around one question. What is the last best thing you've watched, read, listened to, or eaten? I asked this question because people love sharing whatever they're enthusiastic about, and I love hearing about it. On today's episode, we talk with my good friend, Raul. My name is Raul Canales. Who answers the question by talking about the last best thing he's watched. And the last best thing I watched was In Search of Greatness. From there, we talk about all sorts of things like specialization. We talk about the t-ball team of a three-year-old. We talk about what Jordan would have been like without Pippin. And finally, we talk about unstructured creativity. It's a really cool conversation. Uh, it's centered around parenthood and the workplace and athletes. I really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy it too. So sit back and take it all in. I really enjoyed In Search of Greatness uh, because of its uh, theme that kind of differs from what is common right now. So from for the last 10 to 15 years, at least that I've noticed, is uh, we've we've started training our athletes uh, in, in, in specific sports and trying to hone, hone their skills for just one sport. Uh, and what this documentary showed is what that great athletes did did the opposite. Um, they didn't just hone in their, their skills on one sport early on in their career or as, as children. They actually played multiple sports uh, and that opened up the realm of creativity that is currently lacking in, in a lot of sports. Because they played baseball, basketball in different seasons, they, they picked up the best pieces of each one of those sports and applied it to their, their one individual sport which I oh, found wow. I found really interesting. Um, and, and the documentary focused on three main athletes, right? Uh, it was Wayne Gretzky, Jerry Rice, and Pelé. Uh, Wayne Gretzky had been playing hockey since he was young, so that was his main sport. But yeah. during offseason, he would play baseball, and, and he said that that really honed in his skills on being paying attention to the game, right? Uh, baseball's a game of knowing what's going on in, in the entire game, how many people are in each base, how many outs are coming in, right? Where the ball is going, how many pitches are in. Uh, and, and for hockey, he used that skill, right? To understand where everybody was at and remember what he had, what he had done before to, you know, make a great play happen. Uh, the same thing yeah, like Jerry that's... Rice. Jerry Rice didn't start playing football until he was a, a, a sophomore in, in uh, high school. Right. Mm. Uh, he actually played other sports before that. I think he played baseball and it wasn't until then that that he really started playing the game. Right. Uh, the one thing that I really enjoyed was or at least that I I, I think that I would want to instill in, in my kids is that the kids didn't play because they were forced to. Right. They played because they right. loved the sport. Uh, and I think yeah. right now, a lot of times we are forcing our kids into some sport that we feel they're going to be yeah. successful in. For the money, right? Uh, instead yeah. of it, because it's something that they really enjoy. Um, one of the one of the great anecdotes that uh, Wayne Gretzky shared uh, during the uh, during the documentary was that as a teenager, his friends would call him up to go to the mall or to to go to the movies, and he would, you know, tell him he didn't want to go because uh, he preferred to stay home and watch film or stay home and you know practice his shots. Um, and his parents would actually encourage him to get out, right? Not to not to just focus mm. on hockey, 
but he loved the game so much that he he didn't mind missing out on some of the you know teenage pleasures right or teenage activities that he would that he would do that he had an opportunity to do because he wanted to hone in on his on his abilities and on on his craft wow yeah i guess that that touches on a lot of really interesting points because you know recently there was this whole concept of the 10,000 hour rule which kind of took the world by storm, right? Where it's like, if you want to be an expert on something, you have to do it for 10,000 hours. And that kind of forced everyone to be specialist on something. And this kind of spits in the face of that, right? Do they mention that 10,000 hour uh, concept that Malcolm Gladwell popularized or not at all? They they didn't really touch on it on, a, on, you know, on its nose. Um, mm. But Wayne Gretzky did make a reference to it or or to the amount of practice or that, that someone has to do has to do to you know become an expert in something um yeah what one of the things that he mentioned was that people always came up to him and say hey how many hours do you practice with their kids right they would come up to him parents would come up to him with their kids and say hey Wayne Gretzky how this and then he would say oh well i didn't see it as practice it was more fun for me but they, like he would say three hours, right? So his, the parents would turn around to the kids and say, you see, Wayne Gretzky practices three hours a, a day <laughs> to get better. And the point that right. he made is like, it's it's not about how much you practice. It, it You know, it's it's about how much you enjoy it, right? For him, it wasn't practice. It was, he loved to watch hockey. He loved to be out on the ice. It, it was fun, right? Yeah. Um, so those 10,000 hours, it, it, it shouldn't feel like practice, right? It's one of those like, Pelé yeah. started playing, you know, uh, soccer in the street. He he probably did hit those ten thousand hours, but it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't rigid practice, right? It was fun, mm-hmm. unstructured play, and and I think that's right. that was the, the the great thing about this documentary, um, yeah. because right now you if you go to a right, I had my little one in in T ball, Kylo, and the the practices were so structured, right? Like they're so rigid. <laughs> and how old? How old were the kids in the team? three years old <laughs> Wow! so like since since that three-year-old like since that age we're already putting them in something so structured and uh uh you know rigid that they're they don't have fun right like they, there's no room for right. fun there's no room for creativity there's no room for just being a kid right, right. and i think that's that's yeah. what what these kids that what these guys these athletes said is right pele said you know i I didn't, I was playing in the street, right? Like that mm. I loved playing in the street. Most of the time I was out there in the night, like with my friends, just playing, not, not thinking yeah. about soccer, not thinking about, yeah. you know, the, how I'm going to dribble. It's just yeah. playing the same thing with Gretzky, right? Like he's all like, he would, he would spend hours out on the ice, but he was having fun. He was playing, he was being creative, which, which I really right. enjoyed. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, a, a, a sort of something that got lost recently when it comes to creativity in not just in sports but i think in everything right everything has to be so formulaic you do steps one two three and that's how you do certain process there's everything is a process now but you know the great ones the geniuses had a lot of freestyle creativity to them because of they enjoyed it so much or they did it so long or they just had that freedom and that's something that i think is kind of lacking in almost everything right do you agree with that i'm i'm thinking of the way that even things happen at work 
where everything has to be documented and done a certain way, followed a certain pattern or anything like that. And I don't think that allows for like the best solutions of the past were all kind of just creative long shots. Or what do you think about that? Oh, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I My job is to be to document everything, right? Like I'm a project manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job yeah. to keep everything regimented and structured and yeah. keep, keep people moving in the direction we're supposed to. But I, I yeah. do see it in, in my workforce and my teams where there's no, I, I try to bring it in to tell the truth. Like I, I don't like to, I'm a, I want to consider myself a, a different project manager from the rest. Right. Um, mm. Because I, I like to bring out that creativity like I, I came from a consulting background, so that kind of helps a little for from for myself. But I do see it where they're like, "Oh, well, this is the process, and we if we don't follow it, then we're doing it wrong." I was like, "No, like, not every process is going to be the same. Not every process is going to yeah. work for every client, right? Um, yeah. Not every process is going to work for every industry. You have to you have to think outside the box. And one of the things that that we we don't do as often now either is reference history, right? What worked before." Mm. And how is it going to impact what we're doing now? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's kind of cool that that documentary touched on the concept of unstructured play, because I know that Google tried to do like unstructured time for for their employees. And that kind of turned into like a structured unstructured, right? Or it's just like, oh, 20 percent of your time is unstructured. But that in itself is a structure where you're just like, oh, you can only do things with 80 percent. And it's just kind of weird to me how even that turns into into something structured, that concept of of being unstructured at a, a certain extent. And and that's a great point, right? Like the funny thing about that that structured unstructured time that Google tried to apply, some of their best ideas came out of that time, but the people yeah. that were working on them didn't have enough unstructured time to really come bring them into fruition, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And 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 they failed because they tried to structure it too much after the fact. So it's yeah. it, it's odd. Yeah, it's a weird balance that definitely needs to be struck, which I don't think many of us are doing. Now, going back to the point, I think it's interesting to talk about how you saw this as a dad compared to like, if I were to see the same thing, how much of it did you see like thinking about your son and how much of it did you see thinking of yourself? You know what I'm asking? Yeah, I I saw it more from a perspective of a dad. For myself, um, (laughs) I was an okay athlete, right? Yeah. But I, I, I never was no I never was committed to one single sport, right? Yeah. Um I I was probably more committed to my education than than sports. But I, even yeah. in education we can see we can see the same thing, right? We can yeah. see that some people spent hours and hours on end working on, on their education, studying and everything. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that they're gonna be successful. Right. right. And it but doesn't even a, mean a, that their education was like worth it or good, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but from a from a parent perspective, um, that it, it it really reigned true into what I thought, right? Because like even right now, like my little one is actually really good in baseball, and everybody's like, "Oh, you <laughs> should have them in baseball, and you should have them in travel leagues." And I was like, "Dude, he's four, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. no like." Let, he'll find what he does, right? Like put him in dance and he loves dance. And everyone's like, why do you have him in right. dance? He's a boy. I was like, who cares? He likes to dance. Like let <laughs> yeah. him do what he wants to do. Um, right. And even for our older one, right? For Hector, from a parent perspective, I get where these parents are coming from to give them 
to put them in something structured, put them in these travel leagues, honing in their skills, because you want them to put, you want to put them in the best position for them to succeed. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It, it really, to tell you the truth, it's going to come down to the, if they want to succeed or not. Right. What I saw a common yeah. team against with all the athletes, Jerry Rice, Pele and Green Gretzky, these guys had that, yeah. that drive to succeed. And, and one yeah. of the things that they mentioned in the, in the, um, in the documentary was that for, for, for these great athletes, there's two things that reign true uh, uh, with them. They have mm. this, um, this rage of success, right? Um, so they, they have this rage to always be the best, to always succeed. And then they have an innate ability to learn quickly. So they all, yeah. they're always adapting. They're always learning. Um, and those, if those two things are true, then that's when you have a great athlete or a, any someone great in anything else, right? A prodigy, what you would say. Uh, yeah. And you could have people that are have that rage to success, right? That they want to succeed, but they don't have that innate ability to learn quickly. And they right. they can't make it happen. And you have the vice versa, right? Where you have someone that can learn super quick, but they're lazy and don't have that like drive <laughs> to always be the best. That's an interesting point because I can think of people, like when you were talking about that, who have that rage that like oh i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it but it's just like man it takes you forever to do something right it's, there's a big gulf between the desire to want to do something if you don't have that ability and it actually coming to fruition so it's kind of interesting that they touched on those two being essential because one without the other can be so frustrating especially when like you see it on other people because i'm thinking of people that like really want something but they just can't get it and they're still not giving up which is part of that rage but it's still kind of crazy how how so much of it is just kind of up to chance right you can't really coach a kid to learn quickly or you can't really coach a kid to want to succeed right exactly i think it's one it's 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 odd but it's one of those things that'll that it they're i want to say they're born with it right like hmm. you can try to teach it as a as an as a parent as a coach you can try to teach that ability to learn quickly uh, or that yeah. rage, right? You can instill that competition in a, in a child, but I think yeah. for them to really use those skills as an adult, or even as a, as a, a as a young teen, they have to mm. have it inside them already. Right. Yeah. Uh, so did the documentary talk about anything? How can we identify what someone will be successful at? Is it just kind of based on what do they enjoy? And what do they show extensive creativity in, or did they not touch that at all? The goal of that documentary was to find out if there's a some sort of formula or algorithm, right? That mm. that where you can identify who's going to be great or not. And I think that's what people have been struggling with, um, right? From especially from an athletic perspective, from sports, right? Who's going to be right. the next best thing? Who's going to be the next person so that we can bring them up and make money off of them to be realistic. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, 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 the beautiful thing about this documentary is that they said, you can't, there's, n there's no way to really formulaically find who's going to be what, right. right. It, great. It, um, Wayne Gretzky said it perfectly, right. It's, it's, it, there's a little bit of chance and mm. um, ability that has to be happen. Right. Like for him, yeah. He, he was lucky that he fell into a kind of a situation where he had a, a coach that really believed in him that was that married his father. 
right? Mm -hmm. And that he had a partner, another uh, hockey person that would kind of play Batman to him. Does that make sense? I mean, I would play yeah. Robin to him. Robin, yeah. Exactly. Kind of like Jordan, right? Like, if Pippen was selfish, would that have worked? And would they, they have won that many, that many championships, right? If he, if, right. If, if, if Pippen didn't say, you know, yeah, I'll play Robin, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I heard a great quote once where somebody was like, well, uh, Pippen never won any titles without Jordan. And somebody said, yeah, but Jordan didn't win any titles without Pippen either. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's, if anything, that kind of makes me appreciate the talent or the greatness in certain sports that we are living through right now, right? Because if you think about it, we're witnessing potentially the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady, mm -hmm. the greatest basketball player of all time in LeBron James, the greatest soccer player of all time in Lionel Messi, and maybe the greatest baseball player of all time in Mike Trout, all in the same generation, which is just insane. Yeah, I think it, it, it's amazing, right? And I think... Um... I, I, I can't speak to to Messi, right? I not, I really am not very <laughs> familiar with his background, but I for for LeBron, yes, he's played basketball his whole life, but most of his yeah. time he wasn't in these fancy leagues. I think he I from my understanding, yeah. he he learned at the boys and girl and the girls club, right? That's why he donates so much yeah. to it. Yeah, that's all very true. Like I think LeBron even says that he had the one place that he called home was like the basketball court. He really had nowhere else yeah. that he felt as comfortable as on the basketball court so that kind of ties into this uh th what the documentary covers which is really cool yeah um it's a really good i, I think from a parent perspective that every parent every parent that has a kid that wants to play sports should watch <laughs> should watch it uh just so that they they can see like hey just because you have your kid in in travel ball and right like yeah. you're, you're they have three hour practices and whatever that doesn't mean that they're going to get there. Right. Uh, let, yeah. Especially if the kid doesn't like it, I would assume yeah. that's a big point. Uh, cause so, it's crazy. Like when, when we were looking for, for Hector for football, right. He's really good at football. He really likes it. Um, and yeah. we were looking for, for leagues in Austin when we lived in Austin and there yeah. was this league, you might know it. It's the one that comes out in Netflix. Um, yeah, where the coaches uh, are terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot what it was called. I yeah, forgot, but I it's in San Antonio, and 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 they were like, "Hey, you should put him in this league." And then I started looking at how much they would practice three hours a day, and this is during school, right? And I'm all like, yeah. "I'm not gonna be out." I'm like, "I'm even me being selfish." I was like, "I'm not gonna be out the three hours." Of, like, what the <laughs> hell? who has that kind of time, right? And then at weekends, yeah. you were just traveling the whole weekend, and it, it turns into I don't, I I myself don't want to be that parent where me and my wife have to split up because each one of the kids has sports in different, <laughs> different areas. Sports. Right. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. we're always just traveling because our kids have sports, right? Like, yeah, I, I, that's, that's no way to live. It's no way for the kids to live either. Right. And I think that's kind of the, tr the, the, the trap we've gotten into as a, right. as a society, because we want to have the next, you know, LeBron, we want to have the next Mike Trout when most of yeah. these, most of these guys that make it are, you know, they enjoy it and they, they're they not, right? Like They're not going to be all superstars. It's exactly, rare. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like think of every kid that is, a, there. how many quarterbacks are there in the country right now across every level? And they're all competing for 32 jobs. Literally, you, there's only 32 quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks in the NFL. 
Yep. And there's hundreds of thousands of people competing for that and trying to get there. And the reality is the vast majority of them aren't going to make it. So I, I, I think overall it's better for the kid to have a well-rounded, good life where he enjoys sports but doesn't see it as like the only way I can make my parents happy or something like that than, than anything else. I agree. And I think the, the one thing there that's underlying too, it's luck. Like think about like the one it was it was this there was this beautiful line uh, or this little this beautiful kind of question where they asked Jerry Rice like hey I forgot what the coach was that he that drafted him um, mm. but they asked him like hey like because Jerry Rice didn't go to a premier college he went to like Mississippi right. like some yeah, it was some, a Division like, One but small. it was Division One to double A right like it was like lower tier yeah. Division One. Um, yeah. so he wasn't getting a lot of people seeing him and, you know, he wasn't getting a lot of draft momentum. Um, but the coach from San Francisco somehow got a film of him and they asked him like, Hey, if, if this coach wouldn't have drafted you, would, would there have been a, a Jerry Rice? And he said, no, <laughs> there, there yeah. wouldn't have been a Jerry Rice. Like I probably wouldn't have gotten drafted. Yeah. I would have probably just ended up being a regular person. Right. The yeah. same thing for, for 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 Tom Brady, right? If you look at his at his yeah. numbers, at his physique, he he realistically he shouldn't have gotten drafted, right? And right. Some th yeah. somehow, some way, Bill Belichick saw that he had something in him, and he got drafted, right. and now he's he's the greatest. Yeah, that that is very true. A lot of it is luck, and a lot of it, like especially, even like because Tom Brady wasn't that great in college. It's just something clicked when Drew Bledsoe got injured, right? And Jerry Rice, even in the combine, his 40 time was like ridiculously slow. He was always slow at drills. But once he got on the field, he was faster than everyone on the field. So it's just something about these guys that clicks that is, it's not measurable, which is kind of goes against our analytics heavy productivity obsessed culture. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really glad that this is addressing that because maybe it'll lead to you know, a type of t-ball team that doesn't have all of these structures and kind of just allows the kids to have fun. <laughs> At least I would hope that that's what comes out of this. Or what do you see as like potentially the best thing that could happen if like society were to follow those rules? I think you would have that, right? Like I think there'd be more PE time in school. I think that's something that's yeah. lost, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I think kids get like 30, 30 minutes now a day when I remember when we oh. were in when elementary we would get at least an hour, right? And it, it was unstructured. Yeah. It wasn't like we would have sports, we would play, but there, half half of that time was just go out and play basketball, have fun. Yeah. Um, so I, I would hope that that would kind of change, right? From a from an education level, that would change, and then from a from a sports perspective, or from a mm. um kind of league right perspective I, I would think yeah. that coaches would be a little bit more open to having unstructured uh, unstructured play even during practice so uh yeah. when i used to coach flag football one of the one of the things that we would do is have it was flag right so we would play tag yeah right yeah <laughs> take a take a flag it was unstructured it still honed in on skills right yeah. right like pulling the flag right that was very necessary <laughs> for what we needed but it was a game right uh, and I think that's something that's that's lost, right? Like it, we don't we don't have enough fun with the things that we're doing anymore. Um, 
and it it even in work right like one of the things that we don't have fun at work anymore it's always just like you said productivity like how many numbers are you hitting are you getting on your timelines Um, yeah yeah it's so weird because sports were really have no evolutionary purpose right they they very clearly exist purely for fun yet at some point we kind of lost that or we forgot that and even in children yeah they have travel teams and they have all of these it's like i always remember the movie the sandlot and i think the world that won was the world of the kids with like the uniforms and the world that lost is the world of the kids in the sandlot you know they don't have uniforms they play the same game it never ends it just goes and goes and goes and some days it ends early some days it ends late but it's just like think how much better the life of the kids on the sandlot was than the kids in that organized team oh <laughs> right? yeah yeah i think you know one one thing that i'm 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 kind of thinking about right now is even even marathoners right mm-hmm. like if you look at the people that are that are that that win the marathons more often are like the people in ethiopia or india i mean or africa yeah. that run to because they have to run to like uh, I think Eliud, who broke the two-minute, uh, the two-hour marathon. Marathon, yeah. Kipchoge. He, 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 he. I remember uh, I was I was reading a story about him. He would have to run 13 miles to go to school, <laughs> and and it it wasn't like he was training wow. for a marathon, right? Like it was just part yeah, of his day. Yeah. It wasn't. It was something that he just had fun doing, and then he just kept doing, right? It wasn't like. Right. But there's there's marathoners out there that tr- like physically train and like rigid 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 training and this guy it just comes natural to him right it, it and he yeah, enjoys and it he you didn't can even, see it in his face yeah he didn't even run the marathon until recently like he used to run the 5000 meters yeah and then he started getting bad at that and they were like just try the marathon and all of a sudden he's the best marathon runner of all time which is kind of goes back into that like he wasn't just running the marathon he was doing all of these different events exactly. even at the highest levels which is really crazy all right, Rulis, is there anything else that you want to just one last thing that you kind of want to let the listeners like a point to drive home that you got out of um, In Search of Greatness? Well, I think I, I've mentioned it like, throughout the entire right interview is, yeah. uh, you know, just bring creativity to your life, man, to to your yeah. work, to your family, to, you know, your to your craft, whatever you want to do, just think outside the box. Don't, don't stay within, you know, the structure that has been built for you. Uh, I think that's, what's going to really make you successful if, if you want to succeed. Right. Cool. Well, thanks for talking about uh, this documentary with me release. Where is it available? If people want to see it, I saw it on uh, stars. No. Okay. On epics, but I think it's on Netflix as well. Okay. Well, there you go. You can check it out especially during this time that you're locked up, you have nothing else to do. So there's some good viewing and maybe it'll get you being creative. Thanks. Thanks, Rod. The Last Best Thing is recorded, edited, and hosted by me, Rodrigo Nunez. Thank you once again to Raul for joining me. You can find him on Twitter at Gran Calibre. Um, I want to apologize for some technical issues we had with the interview. We switched, we had to switch mics halfway through. I hope it wasn't too distracting, but I hope you still enjoyed the conversation regardless of that. 
If you enjoyed this show, please go ahead and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and share it with a friend. Thank you and stay tuned for the next episode. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.